Your business gets to a certain size and the cracks start to emerge. Things you used to do in a day, they're taking a week. You have too many manual processes. You don't have one source of truth. If this is you, you should know these three numbers. 37,000, 25, 1. 37,000, that's the number of businesses which have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25, NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. One, because your business is one of a kind. So you get a customized solution for all of your KPIs, key performance indicators, and one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need to grow, all in one place. Having all of your business's information in one place is a powerful thing because it allows you to make better decisions, which is why NetSuite's unprecedented offer to make this possible is something to take advantage of. Don't wait. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist, designed to give you consistently excellent performance, absolutely free, at netsuite.com strange. That's netsuite.com strange to get your own KPI checklist. NetSuite.com slash strange. I'm Laura Norton, and this is One Strange Thing, the show where we search the nation's news archives for stories that can't quite be explained. This episode, we start with a sound. Way back in 1979, a magazine called The New Scientist ran an article about a strange phenomenon. Individual people all over Britain were hearing a strange, deep hum. And because most people around them couldn't hear it, no one believed them. According to that New Scientist article, the British public first became aware of the hum in 1978, when the Sunday Mirror profiled a postal worker. This postal worker complained about the low, persistent noise that she could make out, but her co-workers couldn't. It was a strange story, so you can imagine the editor's surprise when close to a thousand readers sent in their own letters describing experiences with the same sound. These letters came in from all over the British Isles. According to the new scientist, what these people heard wasn't the usual environmental noise like traffic or airplanes. Those sounds tend to be much higher in frequency. As the new scientist explained it, most people who could hear the hum were from the suburbs or rural areas and described, quote, a constant throbbing hum something like the bass frequency of a lorry with its engine on idle. Eventually, the Sunday Mirror wrangled a group of test subjects and employed a local professor to try and figure out what it was that their readers were hearing. Through those tests, he was able to nail down a frequency about the same as a human pulse that best matched what they were hearing. 
But that identification, it didn't explain what exactly was producing the noise. The experiment attempted to separate those who were hearing a hum internally, say that their ears were ringing, from those who were hearing it externally. So the professor conducted a simple hearing test. And the results? After sifting out people who were experiencing ringing in the ears, they found out that those who were hearing an external hum did have better than average hearing. But it was still unclear what these bat-eared Britons were actually hearing. And to be fair, this whole experiment would have just been a footnote on a fairly milquetoast British oddity. Except for one strange thing. These strange sounds, they weren't just occurring in Britain. People all over the world heard the hum. In fact, they still hear it today. Some people call it just that, the hum. Others describe hearing something closer to the world's biggest trumpet, something that might have been used a century or so ago to sound an alarm or precede an announcement. Or, if you're in that kind of mood, to usher in an apocalypse, revelation style. Others have likened it to a lonely whale song or just an endless metallic groan. Whichever description you land on, you end up with the same thing. Unsettled people who can't find others who hear it or who are willing to believe them. They are hungry for some validation. They're writing letters to editors of their own papers or calling up local police to file noise complaints. Occasionally, there's a period of relief when the hum stops, but it always starts back up again. And then it can last for days or months or years. And for the last few decades, all over the globe, in Germany, Australia, New Zealand, the United States, these mysterious sounds have continued to emerge. By the new century, reports had dramatically increased, with more people in more places reporting the phenomenon. Often they have been ignored, but sometimes investigations have become necessary. Take the town of Kokomo, Indiana. In 2002 and 2004, Local papers reported on nearly 100 residents who had begun to hear an intrusive, persistent noise. Locals, those who could hear the noise, that is, have been complaining since at least 1999. And they weren't just irritated. Dozens reported experiencing physical effects as well. Per the Kokomo Tribune, a middle-aged woman, Penny Wanger, reported daily tension headaches that often developed into migraines. Now, she hadn't always had them. They'd begun in the summer of 1999, right around the time when she began to hear a new, strange sound. Penny's husband, he heard it too. He described it as, quote, the idling of a train, but more pervasive the kind of sound that you can actually feel in your body. The entire Wanger family, in fact, told the Tribune reporters that they suffered from joint pains, depression, even diarrhea. And another woman, Linda Monroe, claimed she suffered from hum-related swelling, 
And she said that her granddaughter had experienced a number of fugue-like states. Former resident Diane Anton told the Tribune that she'd had to move out of town to escape the noise, and she'd been one of the earliest people to report it. There were others quoted, but as the reporter speculated, many more had likely hesitated to even speak up. But then a group called Noise Free America gave Kokomo the dubious distinction as one of the top 10 noisiest cities in the U.S. Then the town leaders were moved to action. They took bids, hired a firm called Ascentech, and devoted nearly $100,000 to study their hump. After dozens of field tests, questionnaires, and measurements, the firm was able to pinpoint two possible culprits, both machines at local factories. They were emitting the same kind of low tones residents had described, but when those were eliminated, surprisingly few found relief. That's when the firm told the Tribune that maybe the money should have been spent on medical help, maybe from someone familiar with the effects of infrasound. But the city of Kokomo had spent its budget and considered the matter to be closed. An Ascentech employee wrote a final report on the project to list off some of the town's acoustic issues and how they'd been addressed. 10 hertz and 36 hertz tones were the most disruptive to townsfolk, and they measured machines at plants and businesses all over town looking for those specific frequencies. The report was achingly scientific. There were charts springing off every page, exactly what you would expect. But near its end, things got a little more interesting. In a section titled Non-Acoustic Issues, the Ascentech employee wrote the following. The sounds that our instruments cannot measure, while they are real sounds in people's heads, are not generated by acoustic mechanisms in which measurable pressure waves travel through the air to be sensed by our ears. It is also worth noting that people from areas far away from Kokomo have reported the same types of sensations. These people have contacted us from both ends of our continent and from other areas of the globe. In some cases, we have sent them digital tape recorders, and they have sent us back tapes that have no correlation with what they say they are hearing. These issues are not local to Kokomo, and need to be addressed on a national, if not global, level. That was in 2004. The people that Syntec described, from all over the world, were sick of being ignored. Luckily, there was a burgeoning way to find people who would listen. As for many other communities built around niche obsessions, along came the internet, and hallelujah, everything changed. In the case of those who hear the hum, it's been a means to pool evidence, to post their recordings, and to compare the noise. An Anchorage, Alaska group is called Trumpets, Strange Sounds, Anchorage, Alaska. These smaller local social media groups are full of regular people who would have written letters to the editor a few decades ago. But now they record and post their noises, noises that seem quite clear and easy to hear. Then they listen and verify each other's experiences. They compare their hums. These are not the neighbors who get on the next door app to accuse each firework of being a gunshot. Mostly, 
people who hear the hum seem to wish that they didn't need a place to talk about it. The hum, or the trumpet, or the groan. They wish that they weren't the lucky ones who hear. Hey there, strangers. I want to tell you about a podcast that I think you'll like. It's called The Dead Files from Travel Channel. On The Dead Files, Amy Allen and Steve Dishabi investigate paranormal activity haunting real people and homes across the United States. Amy and Steve come from two totally different perspectives when they investigate. Amy is a medium. She sees and speaks to dead people and uses this skill to find out why someone might be haunting a place. Steve is a retired homicide detective. He tackles the case from the other end of the spectrum and uses public records and witness accounts to piece together the history of a haunted location. On every episode, Steve and Amy investigate a different real haunting to help the family struggling with its effects. On one episode in Falconer, New York, a family keeps waking up with scratches and bruises. They also see a shadow figure lurking around their home. They call Amy and Steve to investigate. Amy uses her strength as a medium to understand who the presence is coming from and why it's so angry. Separately, Steve finds out the history of the house from the townspeople and in public records. He finds that several people who lived in this house died, which matches Amy's findings. At the end of the episode, Steve and Amy share their findings and make a recommendation on whether it's safe to stay in the house or time to get out. There are so many crazy stories on the dead files, and what's interesting about Amy and Steve is that they investigate the hauntings from two totally different perspectives. Really, this is the perfect podcast for fans of One Strange Thing. All the paranormal activity that you love and the great research that you've come to rely on. So, listen to The Dead Files, wherever you get your podcasts. Recently, that Anchorage, Alaska group has been busy, due in part to a cluster of early 2020 news articles. A major feature of recent reporting around this noise is the sheer number of people that heard it. Calls came in reporting late-night sounds loud enough to wake up entire households all over town. One local resident told the Anchorage Daily News that it sounded, quote, almost like a foghorn and screeching metal on metal. Another said that it sounds like a submarine scraping the bottom of a pool or something, like an underwater moaning. The hum wasn't new to Anchorage, but its regularity had increased and so had the number of people who could hear it, sending very logical people, the kind who would never buy and hang up a poster that says, I want to believe, straight to the internet to find other people so they could compare notes. They argued over various explanations. Snowplows, extremely large and very squeaky hinges, turbo engines, even earthquakes. Apparently, snowplows had been a particularly popular explanation because members of the Trumpets Facebook group were thrilled when a member finally captured a summertime hum video. That resolves the snowplow theories that I do not believe, he commented. Another local wrote, those are the trumpet sounds from heaven as what the Bible talks about. Social media posts kept coming, week after week, often filmed at night. And one, captured by Melissa Thompson, caught the attention of a wider audience. 
Kids. After her video was shared on YouTube and in popular unexplained mystery chats, the Anchorage hum had a higher profile. And, per the Daily News, a local forensic audio engineer decided to try and identify it. He told the Daily News that, after isolating the sound from background noise, he'd found, quote, a tritone, otherwise known as the Devil's Interval. Now, there is a lot of misinformation surrounding the tritone. That it was a chord that was banned during the Middle Ages, for instance. But in reality, its dark connotation is mostly a modern invention. In fact, contemporary listeners will recognize it as a very popular feature in most heavy metal music. Slayer? They would not slay without the tritone. The simplest way to explain it is as a three-note chord that creates a sense of tension, of incompletion. Perhaps it was that arrangement that was causing so much discomfort in Alaska. That might answer one question, but where did these tones originate? No bad teenage band practice on the planet could broadcast their songs over miles. There are other theories, offered by experts and people who hear the hum in equal measure. To be fair, there is no official answer, though statements have certainly been issued. In 2015, the UK's Metro tabloid published an article that called the hum Earth's background music. It included a statement from NASA, which has had to address various hums at various times. Quote, if humans had radio antennas instead of ears, we would hear a remarkable symphony of strange noises coming from our own planet. Scientists call them tweaks, whistlers, and spherics. They sound like background music from flamboyant science fiction film, but this is not science fiction. Earth's natural radio emissions are real, and although we're mostly unaware of them, they are around us all the time." End quote. Other theories involve movements of the Earth, small earthquakes, continental plate shifting, underwater volcanoes, all sorts of events that, while certainly substantial, would have to be occurring at an apocalyptic rate to be this widespread. Some have even suggested supernatural sources, everything from cryptids to aliens to the second coming, while others point toward, you guessed it, a deep state conspiracy. Disturbances from another dimension, maybe even a rip in the space-time continuum. And then there's another theory, the fish sex theory. Some scientists have suggested, and outlets from the Telegraph to the Huffington Post have duly reported, that the hum, which, as a reminder, has irritated, haunted, and even sickened thousands of people over decades, that hum might be a totally natural phenomenon, the mating ritual of the midshipman fish. Midshipman fish are a strikingly determined species that attract mates with hours of low, rumbling hums. He who outhums the rest gets to breed, so it can go on for a very long time. 
Per the Huffington Post, some scientists believe that the midshipman's call, quote, may be reverberating off hulls of boats and buildings, which then amplify it for miles around. Other experts have conceded that it may be possible, but is not likely. You see, as fun as that might be, the fish sex explanation doesn't quite cut it. After all, mating season isn't year-round, and midshipmen don't populate every ocean. From the annoyed, to the obsessed, to the physically afflicted, those who hear the hum are still searching for answers. They're posting videos on Facebook and Twitter, shaky iPhone captures of wide expanses of sky, of deep echoes reverberating in the air. Proof that they're not crazy. Whether it's, as one Anchorage Facebook user suggested, a backhoe giving birth, or a mysterious message from the beyond, the Hummers don't know. Nevertheless, like so many other true believers, they seem sure that, with enough crowdsourcing, they're bound to find out. We hope you'll join us next time for another real-life story from the fine print of America's local papers. From the lives of regular people, just like you and me, except for one strange thing. Oh, and strangers. One Strange Thing is an entirely independent production. To support the show and to hear more of the entirely true and enticingly peculiar, join us over on Patreon. There you'll get ad-free early releases of our regular episodes, plus a full-length bonus episode every month, and plenty of other fun content. We hope you'll check it out. Please stay tuned for a moment to hear a promo from one of our favorite shows. We hope that you'll give them a listen, too. Hi, I'm Lainey, host of the True Crime Fan Club podcast, and I'm excited to tell you about my brand new podcast called It's Haunted, What Now? It's a podcast that brings you true stories about haunted objects and the owners who unknowingly welcome them into their lives. Join me as I share these creepy, spooky, and downright terrifying stories. You can find It's Haunted, What Now? on your favorite podcatcher or at hauntedpod.com. I came from a low-income family that was that was struggling. You see how hard life can get. GC became a part of my life because I don't want my family to fall back into that. I never thought education would take me this far. I'm still young. I still have a lot to do in my life and just want to get things done the way I want with a good education under me. I'm Stacy, and Grand Canyon University helped me find my purpose.